Welcome to the Matt Mosley Show. And then one day, Dave, you just didn't hear from Mosley anymore for about three months. Did you? <laughs> did, did anybody tell you what happened, or did you think, well, Mosley got fired? <laughs> no, I'm just glad that everything's okay and that we're all right and we're, we're back at it. I'm, I'm happy for that. Okay, and uh, just know I'm, I'm my, my next investment is going to be an indoor cycle, Dave. So <laughs> this is the Matt Mosley Show. Here's your host, Matt Mosley. It is Matt Mosley, alongside Stephen Simcox, the Matt Mosley Show. It's a fast one. It happens from one to two. One of the few shows. Uh, Boy, I tell you, one of the fastest-moving shows in the country. Steven, did you get the uh, sense there that Dave Aranda had missed me a little bit? My gosh, I just thought the, the <laughs> That was a hearty was laugh. Fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Belly laugh. David, I've told you, Dave, and, of course, Matt Rule is upset with me for this, and uh, I've heard back from Carolina, but uh, I've told you, I mean, Aranda is sneaky funny, and um, – and I think I quickly assessed uh, and made the observation that Dave Aranda is a funnier coach than, or a funnier person than Matt Rule. And uh, got a little pushback on that, but I, uh, I think that holds true. And so it was fun catching up with him. Always fun, Stephen. I mean, I always like talking to Matt as well. And uh, Matt reached out to me after the accident and was uh, good, was really good about all of that. But um, I really appreciate how Dave sort of breaks things down. And, uh, Stephen, I like that. Did, you know, I know you're an X's and O's guy. Did you kind of think you were just in the presence of big-time football discussion when you started hearing about the wide zone, how you kind of pick people uh, um, across the formation, you know, how you – when they're when they're running that 3-3 on you and they're pinching everything in, like – what you have to do, and how you have to run those stretch plays. I mean, I I kind of like that. And uh, one of the things that's great about Dave Aranda is he'll talk to you a little bit. I'm not saying he unloads the playbook of what all Baylor's going to do, but I think if you're willing to listen to Dave, you learn things. And I think, um, I think our audience was able to learn those things the other day, and it was good having uh, – well, back to back, we had uh, the we had Coach Grimes, the new offense coordinator, on Thursday, and then Dave Aranda on Friday. And this is where you come to hear from the big time Baylor coaches. Now, I understand, Stephen, our good friend, um, and and we we love talking to Scott. Scott is now on Game Time uh, every Thursday, and I believe that happens at right around. Stephen, the timing on that, I believe it's right around 5.15 on, um, on uh, Thursdays. And uh, Scott Drew makes his weekly appearance on game time. Stephen, did you get to hear a little bit? Well, you couldn't have. You couldn't have because you're doing another program. We have, the, um, we have uh, UNR has moved over there to Fox. So, Stephen, um, you weren't able to hear that, but it, we're all one big family. Stephen, is that true? Is that we're all one big family? That's right. Okay. It's all, all right, together. I like that. I like that. The togetherness, you can feel it. You can feel it. Um, 
shout out to everyone who's out there on a holiday today. Um, you know, I, I, uh, we work because we're told, Hey, you got a job, you got to show up at work, but, uh, shout out to the bosses out there that give their folks, uh, MLK holiday. It's a very, very important holiday. And, uh, and I, uh, and I, again, I don't mind putting in the time, but I'm glad that a lot of folks are off on an extremely important day like today. And I was just hearing, uh, from some, you know, a lot of, there's been a lot of cool things out there on social media today, but I was listening, I think it was coach Brooks from Baylor, the, the men's basketball assistant coach who put something up about the, uh, that mountaintop speech. And it was, I believe right before, uh, he was, uh, he was murdered. Uh, and, uh, we're talking about Dr. King and, of course, that happened right there in Memphis, Tennessee. Some of us have been to that Civil Rights Museum right there next to the Lorraine Hotel where he was staying the night uh, he was uh, assassinated and uh, just a uh, horrific time. But, uh, again, today is the day. As a nation, we remember Dr. King, and uh, I would be remiss even if we didn't say a word. But I tell you, that that speech, which happened to be – well, if I've got my dates right, I think on the eve, basically, of him being uh, gunned down, uh, it was it was that famous speech, you know, basically like, hey, I I would like longevity in my life, like everybody else, you know, but I've been to the mountaintop. I mean, it was just a what an incredible speech by Dr. King, and again, we celebrate his life. And we remember him today. And uh, for everyone who's uh, off today doing various things, there's some service opportunities that happen on MLK Day. And uh, those are really important. And and, uh, just hope everybody's taking some time to reflect. I know, Stephen, you'll do that today. Another good way to do it is uh, I haven't done this in a while. I think today might be the day to do it is go back and read, you know, letters from a Birmingham jail when he was uh, put in jail during uh, uh, one of his uh, marches or sit-ins. You know, he obviously was leading a lot of nonviolent protest. Um, There were some uh, letters from that Birmingham jail, and those were published, and uh, we were able to look back on those and see some of the amazing wisdom from Dr. King. Uh, We we think about his legacy and uh, the way he impacted so many folks, not just the African-American community, but all of us, uh, he taught unbelievable lessons, too, and uh, appreciate that on this uh, on this sacred day when, uh, Stephen, there will be some sports, and uh, we'll be honoring uh, Dr. King in various ways. One of those ways is Big Monday tonight, ESPN, Kansas at Baylor. Stephen, because of COVID, Kansas did not play on Saturday. So the Jayhawks come in fresh. Bears out at Lubbock had to fight for it, had to fight for one. And so tonight will be very, very interesting. Will the Bears have heavy legs? Will uh, Jared Butler be able to bounce back after an uncharacteristic poor shooting night from him? One point I looked up, Stephen, and he was one for ten. All right, they just weren't falling. I mean, the guy's a great three-point shooter. He gets to the rim. I got to hand it to Chris Beard in Texas Tech. That is the way you play the Bears. 
I mean, you do they, – they did what Baylor does to other people. And Baylor played great defense in that game too. But you make everything go to the baseline. You send everybody to the baseline. You get everything out of the middle. And then, Stephen, one of the things, and I resisted, I have not reached out to Coach Drew with any of my unsolicited advice. Occasionally I've been known to kind of give him a few Mosley thoughts after games. But usually it's just very positive you know, kind of things, because I, I am a huge fan and friend of Scott's, and um, I, I support the program, as you know, Stephen. But what I would say is that, you know, the old time, Stephen, when you think of Kevin McHale, when you think of some of the all-time greats down low, what do they do? They get down low, and they'll give you a little head fake. Uh, Akeem Olajuwon, one of the great players in SWC history for Fi Slamma Jamma. He became known for the dream shake, a man who just had a million different post moves. Sadly, over the years, big men were not taught those moves. Shaq had a few. He just overpowered people. Dwight Howard really never learned any post moves, sadly, but he still was a great player in his prime. What Baylor has done is teach big men how to how to uh, how how to square up, how to uh, how to set picks, how to open up their game. I mean, Freddie Gillespie came in here as a Division three type player, and by the time he left, he was a fringe NBA player. Baylor does a great job at developing big people. What I thought watching that game the other night against Texas Tech, Stephen, was that we got to get our big men, uh, got to get some head fakes. You, you, you've got to go up. You've got, you can't just – think because I'm 6'10 in Flo Thamba's case or because I'm 6'8 in Everyday John's case you have you have to uh these tech kids man they're long and they're athletic and they were blocking a lot of stuff at the rim this is the first time Baylor had really encountered some 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 big time issues at the rim so uh, I thought that's that'll be great for them it's a great learning experience and it's a and Vital's good at doing this. He's six five, six six. Vital is good at using the head fake to get people up in the air. All right, the other big big men, uh, Chachua, and in our man Flo, you've got to start using those head fakes. Meyer, good head fake, good head faker. But they were getting they were getting turned away at the rim. So what Flagler did, which was superb in that game the other night is some old he, – he's got kind of an old man's game, and I love it. Kind of the old – what do you call it? The old YMCA deal. Don't get in there too far if you've got to pull up from 10 feet. You know, get get them up. Get them, you know, thinking you're going to the rim and pull up and hit that jumper. And Flagler is really, really good at it. Good adjustments by him. And then the great butler – after having one of the worst games of his career down the stretch, Stephen hits two threes and it helps get that thing. <laughs> <laughs> the good news, Stephen, is for the longest time with all my broken bones, the sneeze could not happen. I think I do have a button where I could like turn that off and not sneeze, but anyway, Stephen. It's okay, Matt. Sneeze, it's okay. The sneeze has returned to my game for the longest time. My body 
after the wreck, after the accident, was not physically able to sneeze. Oh, man. So, so what would happen? Would you have to, like, hold it in, or would it just not, no, not it was happen? kind of like a no. It just refused to happen. Okay. Like, it would try to happen, and the body would stifle it. Like, you could kind of hear it attempting to happen, and it, because of the broken bones in the back and neck and everything, it just wouldn't happen. What happened moments ago was an actual sneeze. Steven, so let's call that progress. A sign of recovery. The sneeze. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're making some really good points here uh, on the Baylor front. And, uh, yeah, that's interesting about the big man. I think part of that, too, is, you know, Matt, they really haven't had much resistance at the rim at all because they're so good in that pick-and-roll game that a lot of their finishes this year have honestly been pretty easy because those guards open up so much space down low. But Tech did a really good job of uh, forcing them into tougher shots and then blocking them at the rim. Flagler is – incredible i mean there are nights where he looks like the most complete offensive player on this team which is amazing considering that he was playing at, at presbyterian a couple of years ago uh and, and this evening will be fun against ku because even though the jayhawks are struggling i just feel like uh with, with baylor being who they are and where they are they're gonna get you know bill self and companies best effort they're gonna get the kitchen sink thrown at them and the, I, I feel like they'll be able to handle it and they've handled everybody's best shot well but you know I, I just think there's a lot of extra motivation for kansas tonight given that uh even though they don't look like it right now they still feel like they should be the the class of this conference and they're going up against a team that is in baylor tonight what would it take for kansas steven to fall out of the top 10 like 10 straight losses I lost to TCU. (laughs) I looked at it today. I was like, I wonder where they are. I think they're number nine. It's like they could just get run out of the gym, but it doesn't matter because it's it's KU. It's Jayhawks. Now, Steven, uh, in kind of a quiet fashion, this McCormick for them, is it David McCormick? Um, That's right, yep. I feel like he's made a little bit of a move lately. I never thought he was that. He was a nice bench player behind Azabuke. Um, Azabuke, yeah. And and I thought uh, I thought he gave him some nice minutes in the past. I didn't. I never thought he was like a number one type option. He's kind of he's scoring a lot lately, and I think what happens is if you get a big man at Kansas. And he suddenly gets like some uh, some confidence. He's a powerful dude, and he seems to have some pretty good touch around the rim. And uh, I, I've been impressed with what he's shown. Now, what what will have to happen for Kansas tonight is Wilson, uh, Agbaji, uh, uh, Garrett, some of these other guys. You know, they're going to have to knock down some shots. And this has not been a particularly good three-point shooting team, okay? Baylor's third best in the country going to that game the other day. Didn't shoot it particularly well. But the Bears, when they get going, can shoot you out of the gym. And it'll be interesting to see what Kansas does to try to run Baylor off the three-point line. If they do it, you got to be ready to do some other things. And that is, you know, dribbling in, hitting the mid-range jumper, all of that. But uh, I thought Tech did some good things the other day, and uh, I, I love Coach Beard. I mean, he's he's uh, he's my second favorite coach in the Big Twelve. You got Scott, obviously. Coach Beard is is right after him. That guy just flat out gets it done. 
I love how his team plays, and boy, they will ugly it up. They they will put you. I mean, they, they'll get after you on defense. I think the fortunate thing the other day, Stephen, was because of Baylor's defense, and also just because of Tech. Tech just wasn't hitting shots. McClung did hit a few, but uh, some of those guys that are usually pretty good. And Baylor did a good job at identifying those guys. I'm talking about Shannon Jr., uh, the lefty. I mean, I, I, he barely scored. I mean, I barely remember him doing anything. If McCuller and, and uh, Santa Silva find out how good they are, everybody's in trouble. Because they, they, these young guys are really good. And, um, and I don't know. For some reason, Edwards hasn't taken that next step, even though he's been in the program for several years. I like Tech. I like what they do, and I love their head coach. They're just not quite there yet, but they gave the Bears a good challenge the other night. All right, Stephen, we've got more to talk about. Let's, uh, let's do this. Let's visit about those title, I mean, those divisional games, the divisional playoff games, and one of the most amazing endings happened in that Chiefs-Browns game. Let's discuss it next. There's a reason customers drive from all over Texas to buy a Ram pickup truck from Cameron Autoplex, where they say it's always cheaper in Cameron. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm meteorologist Emily Kay. We're seeing mostly sunny skies to start off the day. Cloud cover will increase as we head into the afternoon, and we'll see mostly cloudy skies by the evening. It will be warm today with highs around 67 degrees. Tonight, skies will be mostly cloudy with temperatures dropping down around 52 degrees and a 40% chance of isolated showers going into Tuesday morning. Tuesday will be cooler as a cold front slides through the region with highs in the upper 50s. Skies will be mostly cloudy with a 70% chance of rain throughout the day. Isolated thunderstorms are possible in the afternoon. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 539 for your forecast first. Plus, check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Recently on the John Moore Show. Tony Caridi, our guest, longtime voice of the West Virginia Mountaineers. And this is kind of shop talk, but hopefully our listeners won't mind. You're, you're doing all your games remotely, all your basketball games remotely, road games. And how's it going? I mean, have you, the more you do it, are, the more, are you more comfortable doing that, or how's that process been for you? Yeah, as good as it can be when we get the right video feed, right. Um, which I'm sure Baylor would have provided to us, it's, you can do it. As long as you get the audio from the location and the, and the mid-court camera just stays put and doesn't bounce around. When you get, as you well know, what we call in the business dirty feed, right. which is all of the different camera angles and going to graphics and going into the studio and things like that, um, it, it, it can kind of be like driving a car sometime with your eyes closed. <laughs> Listen to the Voice of the Bears weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. Here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. Hey, have you thought about buying your first home and weren't sure where to start or if you qualify? Well, it's Matt Mosley from the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox. Neighborworks Waco has been assisting Central Texans in the home buying process for the past 27 years, and they are ready to assist you not enough money for down payment or low credit score. NeighborWorks Waco has programs that help you improve your credit score, and they help you get the best loan with the least out-of-pocket expense. Plus, to make sure you know what to look for in selecting that perfect home for you and your family, call 254-752-1647 or visit the website at nw-waco.org to get started. NeighborWorks Waco is currently operating with social distancing protocol in place so that you can access our programs 
knowing your safety is their highest priority. NeighborWorks Waco is your trusted source for home ownership the right way. In the market for a new metal roof? Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal roofs that are impact, fire, and windstorm resistant and will lower your insurance considerably. Your roof will be figured correctly, and they offer a wide variety of panels and colors to make sure it looks sharp. Everyone wants to protect their hard-earned assets from harsh Texas weather, and a metal roof is the best way to protect your home. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan, and at PioneerBoys.com. Myatt Fuels should be your first and local choice for high-quality fuel and lubricant. They are Central Texas-owned and operated independent distribution and bulk delivery company. You call, they haul. They deliver on-road diesel, off-road, farm diesel, gasoline, and non-ethanol gasoline. Known for the great pricing and quickest delivery, call Nick, the owner, for all your gasoline delivery needs at 675-8107. That's Myatt Fuels. Call Nick at 675-8107 or look for Myatt Fuels on Facebook. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Warren Weiss with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by Jesse Britt Automotive. Tom Brady and the Bucks are headed to Green Bay to face the Packers after beating the Saints 30-20 to last night. Tampa Bay is looking to be the first team to play in the Super Bowl in their home stadium. The Chiefs hold off the Browns after Patrick Mahomes leads the game with a concussion 22-17. Chiefs will now face Buffalo for the AFC Championship. Los Angeles Chargers agreed to terms with Brandon Staley to become their next head coach. Staley served the past season as the Los Angeles Rams defensive coordinator. Lady Bears' first game in 14 days saw the nation's longest home court winning streak come to an end as Iowa State upended the number six Lady Bears. 75 to 71 on Saturday. Lady Bears will be at Oklahoma State on Wednesday. Number two Bears beat Texas Tech out in Lubbock on Saturday, 68 to 60. Baylor back in action tonight as they host number six Kansas. Tip is at eight o'clock, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Oh, there is a play. Henny rolling out, throws it. Hell, and the Chiefs are heading to the AFC Championship game. Tony gets the call before, like, it's over. I go into the AFC title game. He gets that one wrong. But it just doesn't matter. He got he gets so much emotion. People don't really care. It is Matt Mosley's show <laughs> with Steven Simcox. <laughs> Only he, Andy Reid. <laughs> a play before he'd already given him the game. They're going to the AFC title game. Oh, man, it's Mosley and Simcox. All right, it's one to two. It's what we do. It's what we're asked to do. And if they ever ask us to go to one to three, you know, oh, Stephen, I don't know. I don't know if I'll be asking ever. But uh, I, I like, man, I love what that the, the end of that game because Andy Reid basically said, you know what, I, I, I mean, I, I'm going to – I." I I, I want this ball in our hands. I realize the thing to do with like a minute left is to punt this thing away, and they don't have any timeouts. There's really nothing they can do. I mean, it, it, it's a, it's a risk-reward type deal. He's got Chad Henney 
He's got a backup quarterback who, by the way, on third and 15 or whatever it was, had just run for 14 yards. This guy is not a fast player. He, he's not been a good NFL quarterback. He was 18-36 on his career. 18-36 was his record. Um, and, and just quite honestly, has just kind of hung around. And you don't want Chad Henney on the field. Well, he almost runs for the first down, puts his body on the line with Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes out with a concussion symptoms, and, and then they decide to go for it, and he throws for the first down for the dagger to end it. Now, Stephen, I, I just would say that right there, that is a coach who's won a Super Bowl, who's feeling it, and also is kind of like, you know what? Why give, even though I don't think, you know, I don't think Baker Mayfield was going to take it all the way down the field and score a touchdown, but why even chance it? Let's finish this thing. But, again, if something happens and they don't complete that thing, Baker's got it at midfield with a minute left and all the momentum in the world to go down there and put those Browns in the AFC title game. And he did not get it done because Andy Reid goes for it. What a moment. What a moment for Henny. Steven, that was uh that gave some of us headline writers some fun. Um I think I went with the headline Henny, H E N N E, Henny thing can happen. <laughs> Other people said, you know, on Henny given Sunday. You know, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot you could do with that. Anything Henny, is possible. Yeah, anything. And I noticed um, Mahomes later last, you know, last night put something out, kind of put his own spin on it. I think he put anything as possible. He put that out there, and uh, well, people like that a lot. So, and then of course some people were angry, Stephen. We were giving Andy Reid too much credit. It was kind of like. No, Bienemy called that play, and he may have, for all we know. I mean, I again, I, I don't, I'm, I want Bienemy to get a job. I, I, I don't really. I mean, it seems unfair to me that he keeps getting passed over. So I'm, I'm all for it. But I noticed my buddy Clarence Hill was just like, Bienemy, Bienemy called that play, and well, that may be true. But I mean, I, the head coach, Stephen, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the head coach has to decide whether or not. You go for it there. No, right? I think so Andy I... Reid wanted to punt it, and Eric, Eric said, no, Andy, let's go for it. And he said, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm that was all... Andy Reid's call. I mean, I think Yeah. I think that was Andy's call. Enemy. I love I love Eric Bien-Ami. I So, and I, you know, I think he should have a head coaching job somewhere. I mean, the thing is, everybody seems to be like, I, I if I were him, I wouldn't want to walk into that Houston situation. What if he walks in there? And then Deshaun Watson still says, I want out of here because I don't trust Cal. And we're going to talk about that at, uh, at, at 40 after in our, in our 140 se- segment. And we want you to weigh in. We've got Texans fans. We've got Texans haters. we got all of that. We'll, we'll hear from you on the uh, text line, and you can call us, 254-662-1660. We'll let you weigh in on the Texan situation. But for now, Stephen, I, I just thought, man, what an unbelievable ending to that ball game uh, for the for the Chiefs to win it that way. It was not looking good. Chiefs had uh, Browns had the ball back, Stephen, with what seven or eight minutes to go, 
and just didn't do anything with it. Ended up having to punt. And, um, I mean, that that was – and then, it, you know, it was about – well, they had to, I think they had to punt with about four and a half minutes left. That mm-hmm. was a big – Yeah, that right after a, that lame, dunk inter, lame duck interception that Henny threw. And, that I mean, that was their chance. Thought they were going to get the ball one more time. They didn't. But that was a huge stop by the KC defense. That was, that was basically like a punt. If you just ask the punter to punt one in the end zone, that is what – that is what Henny did, throwing it up there, throwing that wounded duck. But, you know, golly, Andy Andy just kind of – he's just got that swag to him. I love it now. You know what? The Eagles, he got stale there, and Eagles fans were ready to move on from the Andy Reid era. You know what they've done every every hire since, Stephen? They've gone and tried to find somebody like Andy Reid. They hired Doug Peterson from Andy Reid's staff. And they won a Super Bowl, by the way. So I, I I find it funny that uh, that that's what the Eagles have done in the in the aftermath of Andy Reid. They're like, how do we find somebody like Andy Reid? All right, the the next one is Stephen, um, the but the Bills and the Ravens the other night. Man, I hate this. I hate it for Lamar because I'm sitting there watching some of this, and they they've got a great chance to get down there and at least make it seventeen ten. And make it a ball game. And, of course, the pick six, 101 yards. I mean, it's just awful. It's awful. And then it was 17-3, and then the thing was over. Stephen, what, how, do you, how do you have a center at this point in the, in the season? And he'd done it before. And, by the way, they put the other guy back in there, and he did it too. So I, I don't want to hear all this. Why? Why didn't they put the other center in? Well, apparently he has problems too. How do you sit here in the in the divisional round of the playoffs and you have a guy who can't snap it, who's got about three or four bad poor snaps in the game? What is his name? Stephen McCarry, whatever his name is, something like that. How in the world do you end up at this point in the season and you don't have a guy who can get the snap back there? I, I mean, I, I would say – with a running quarterback, with a with a with an elite athlete at quarterback, and you can't get the snap back to him, you got to reevaluate who you are as an organization at that point. When everything is about staying on schedule, running the ball, doing everything that you do, taking the fight to the Bills, and then and your defense played great. Your defense went out there and played really well against the Bills. Josh Allen was not great. This is one of the great quarterbacks in the NFL, an MVP candidate, and your defense goes out there and plays its rear off, and you couldn't get a snap back there. Steven, that's, that's got to be, for Ravens fans, got to be incredibly frustrating. Yeah, that's about as fundamental as it gets, and it's unfortunate. I mean, I, I guess the way this season played out for Baltimore, you feel like you probably maximize that team, but – they closed the season so hot, and they beat a really good Tennessee team in the wild card round. You just felt like there was an opportunity. I picked them to win that game in Buffalo, uh, but that offense could never get off the ground. And the, their best chance was obviously, as you said, that that pick six that Lamar threw in the end zone um, that really just turned the, the game on its head. And then uh, another you know bad snap pressure situation that led to that uh, concussion or, or head injury that kept them out of the game. Uh, and again, this Baltimore offense—they they, got to figure something out because this is two years in a row. Bills' defense is very good. The Titans are very good last year, but this is two seasons in a row that they get the divisional round, and all of a sudden, um, this offense is just stuck in the mud. Like they just cannot get anything going. 
even with their ability with so many weapons to run the ball. And I, I think a lot of that is they just don't really have, you know, you got Hollywood Brown, they signed Dez, but they really don't have a big time threat at that wide receiver position other than a Hollywood Brown, who's, who's basically kind of a speedster. I mean, he can only run so many routes, so they only ask him to run so many different routes. I agree with you. I mean, what, when did the Bills turn the corner this season? They went out and got Stephon Diggs uh, to uh, to play wide receiver, and it gave them a legitimate threat all over the field. Beasley's obviously a really good weapon for them, but uh, they bring in Diggs, and and they put up huge numbers this year. Allen put up huge numbers. So I, I totally – I could not agree with you more. Andrews at tight end, Hollywood Brown – and, and like, oh, man, who is their number two receiver? It's somebody like, you know, Dez is running around out there, but their number two receiver is not uh, where he came from. Steven is escaping me. The number two receiver for – anyway, it's, it's – uh, the, the, the Ravens receiving core is rough. I totally agree with you. And it's just not – it's not something right now that's uh, – they've got to find more ways to complement – Lamar Jackson, and you got to give him a threat. Yeah, Willie Sneed is, uh, I think, who you're yes. thinking about there. Mm-hmm. That yes. been in the league for a while, but again, kind of just a possession receiver type of guy. Yeah, Willie Sneed as a number two is no great shakes. Let me think if they had even one of the Cowboys receivers, one of the three. If you plugged in Gallup, it would be huge, and they just don't have them. They have the old Cowboys receiver, Dez, and, and love Dez, but he's, he's past his prime. All right, Stephen. The other one uh, wanted to wanted to talk to you quickly about the uh, the the Saints and the Bucks. A couple of goats, a couple of goat type guys uh, getting together. And boy, my household is just a very anti Brady. There's a lot of people, Stephen, that when they sit down to watch Brady or the Patriots, just have a a visceral reaction. Cheaters, cheaters. That just, you know, and, and it happens in my family. I mean, it's just a, that's the first thing that comes up. Cheater. Oh, there's the cheater. But, man, you got to hand it to, uh, to Brady. Goes out there, gets it done. Wasn't really getting much out of Mike Evans. Mike Evans wasn't winning any of those battles. Got something out of the running game, sort of opened up. His numbers throughout the day, honestly, it kind of hovered around 50% completion percentage. So I wouldn't say that the GOAT, I wouldn't say Brady put that team on his on his back or anything. Thought he made some good throws. Thought he finally, I mean, think about that. That throw to Gronk was the first uh, catch Gronk had had in the playoffs. And uh, I liked the throw to uh, Godwin. Godwin wasn't able to hold on to that ball in the back of the end zone. But I don't think... I don't think Brady was the story of that game. Sadly, I think Breeze throwing three picks and not being able to get the ball downfield was the story of that game. The greatest quarterback in Saints history Mm -hmm. held back his team at a huge moment. And when they finally blew the top off uh, the building and uh, and had a you know completed a deep ball was when they had a uh, when they had a trick play and they put Jameis in. And Jameis threw the ball downfield and and hit the receiver on the rod, who nobody was within ten yards of. Uh, as much as I love Drew Brees, Stephen, he um, he was not able to get it done in that game, and his inability to be any type of threat down the field 
uh, ended up dooming that Saints team and the fact that he just made some poor throws. I mean, right. I'm not saying some of those you might put on the receiver or whatever. I mean, maybe so. But uh, you can't uh, – I mean, yeah, you put – Jared Cook fumbled one of those balls. Well, that's not INT. That's Jared Cook's fault. He got that ball punched out of his arms. That was a huge play by that rookie. Was that Antoine Winfield Jr. who made that play? Yes, it was. gummy goes in there with that punch. Steven, that looks like one of my old amateur boxer days. <laughs> just uh, Just running in there, punching the thing out of there. Golly, that's when that works, it is a thing of beauty, a defensive player delivering a punch. If I was if I were a coach, a defensive coordinator, that's all I'd be working on. You know, stripping <laughs> and punching. Yeah, it's kind constant. of a, kind of an homage to a Copper's Cove zone Charles Tillman, the peanut punch. Peanut Tillman, he was great at that. Uh, local product that, that played for a long time in the NFL. But it was tough watching Drew Brees go out like that, just short-arming passes left and right. And I know in the next segment we're going to talk about what we think is the story of the NFL offseason, but, I mean, maybe one B or a secondary one is going to be. I saw a video on Twitter of Drew Brees. It appeared that he was saying, if you, if you read his lips, it appeared he was saying to Jameis, this is your team now. And I know Jay Glazer came out with a report that he was retiring. Uh, but they also, I mean, they, they played Taysom Hill for a couple games there as a backup. They have Jameis. They could bring somebody in. That Saints quarterback position, how Sean Payton feels that, is going to be super intriguing to see which direction he goes. And the Bucks, they're moving on. Uh, I'll, I'll give you credit, Matt. When, when Brady signed with, the, with Tampa Bay, you said this feels like the team that's the Super Bowl favorite in the NFC. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't really know about that. And they have to go on the road and beat Green Bay, which is going to be a really tough task because the Packers look good. But they've made it to the NFC title game. I mean, they won two games here. They beat a team that they didn't seem to match up well against in the regular season yesterday afternoon. And now they're one game away from making the Super Bowl. And and Tom definitely looks like he's gotten the better of that Brady Belichick breakup. You know, one of the one of the tricks of the trade people said, "How do you get along with Mosley? Like, how do you how do people how could you have a good relationship?" It's a, it's a fair question. And one of the answers, Stephen, is what you just did to remember when I get things right like that mm-hmm. and bring them up again on the air. <laughs> like, that's a good way. <laughs> there are people there in Waco that could learn that lesson. All right, Stephen, uh, that is very – and by the way, I feel bad. Ooh, I got to admit, the Metroplex got it put on them a little bit. Metroplex has been unbelievable in high school football. And uh, the DFW area, I mean, just – Man, you know that great Cedar Hill team? They just said, we're going to spank you. Katie came in here. We're going to spank you and show you how we do it in the Houston area. And then the Austin area, Westlake. Westlake goes against the great Dragons, the gra- the Dragons of Southlake. Stephen, I'm sure you'll be talking about this this afternoon over on uh, over on the, on the UNR, on Fox. I'm sure game time. With, with Tom. Tom will have some high school talk. Steven, my gosh, the Metroplex got taken out behind the woodshed on Saturday. Hated to see it. Hated to see it. You know, I'm a child of the Metroplex. Grew up in Kaufman. Hated to see that kind of activity. But Daddy, Daddy Dodge, the old Texas quarterback, Todd Dodge, he said, Riley, I'm sorry. I love you, son. I love you. But this is how we play football in the Austin area. This is what we do. This is how we line up, and uh, and and boy, the dragons, and and Quinn, you were still put up good, 
Put up good numbers, but uh, uh, they threw a couple of interceptions. And, uh, Stephen, you are one of the great high school experts of Central Texas. Any of those outcomes really shock you? You know, I thought I thought Cedar Hill and uh, Katie would be a better game. I, I just felt like Caden Salters and that Cedar Hill team, they had really seemed to find their rhythm there down the playoff stretch. I felt like they had a, a good chance to win that one. But Katie, with that sort of unorthodox offense, kind of a throwback, you know, they run a lot of power sweeps. They play a lot of, in the play-action game, and, and they just – um, that along with forcing some turnovers, they were able to get a big win over uh, over Cedar Hill. But yeah, just surprised that none of those games, those five or six games, really close. It was disappointing. Uh, congratulations to all the winners. But I kept flipping over there because I was trying to keep an eye on it while watching playoff football. And every time I looked up, it was like, oh, this team's up three scores. Now this team's up twenty eight points. There just wasn't a big reason to lock in as much as I, I usually would on those games because they got out of hand pretty fast. Yeah, good to hear uh, Craig Way. Craig Way, you hear him sometimes on ESPN Central Texas. Longtime friend of Tom Barfield's. Good to hear him on the call. They had a player named Maryland for uh, South Lake Carroll. And then another guy, oh, they had a couple of guys that really could go up and make some great catches, uh, contested type throws and all. So we shall see. Could Texas flip this young man? Could they go in there and flip the 2022 quarterback yours? Quinn, the big Q, the mighty Q. I don't know. We'll see. I think he's going to stick with his commitment. All of that coming up. And, Stephen, we got to talk about the story of the NFL offseason. Are the Houston Texans the laughingstock of the NFL? We want to hear from you. 254-662-1660. That's next. Tune in tonight for Baylor Bear Basketball with Pat and John here on the home of the Bears. It's a top 10 matchup tonight in the Farrell Center as second-ranked you know, Baylor hosts you, number you get... six, Kansas. 7.30 for the Pizza Hut countdown to tip-off. 8 p.m. tip-off tonight for the Bears and the Jayhawks. Follow the Bears all season long here on the flagship station for Baylor Bear Basketball. Why not start off the new year in a new Ram truck? The Start Something New sales event is in full swing at Cameron Autoplex in Cameron, Texas. Right now, take $10,000 off MSRP on a new 2021 Ram 1500 Lone Star with 12-inch touchscreen and 20s. Or $7,000 off MSRP on a new Ram 2500 Crew Cab Bighorn. Cameron Autoplex is your Central Texas truck authority. So make that short drive and let us prove to you why it's always cheaper and easier in Cameron. Corporate retirement has a lot of moving parts, and putting together a thorough plan takes careful preparation. I'm Joe Kaleo with Kaleo Wealth Management. I've spent a lot of time thinking about retirement planning from the perspective of employees and employers. We'd like to build a relationship with you and help you chart a path toward your financial goals. Kaleo Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC. All right, I want to talk to you about Oh, the Start Something New Sales event right over there at Allen Samuels in Waco. Of course, that Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram. Right now, incredible cashback offers, subprime offers. Uh, 2020 Dodge Charger XST. XT. Total value is 5670 or 0% for 72 months. Standalone APR. 2020 Dodge Journey. The most affordable third-row seating of vehicle 
with total values up to $6,750 and the most decorated SUV, that 2021 Jeep Cherokee Latitude Plus and the Lux with up to $5,500 total values. And that 2021 Jeep Grand Cherokee Laredo, that's what I drive, up to $4,250. $4,250 total values off. If you're looking for a truck, check out the Motor Trend Truck of the Year. For the last three years, it's back-to-back. Special offers include the 2021 Ram 1500 Crew Cab Lone Star. Total values up to $7,250 or 0% for 60 months or 2.9% for 72 months plus a $3,000 total value back. Ted Teague, longtime friend of mine, great dude out there. The GM is always accessible. And then the service, any make or model, the service area out there at Allen Samuels is uh, really one of the best in the country. You got to get by there. Allen Samuels, your friend in the car business. Listen, in the past couple of years, we've had a lot of people moving in from out of state to Waco thanks to Chipper and JoJo. And while we welcome these new citizens, they unfortunately brought some of their bad habits with them. Hi, Jay here from Pickup Outfitters, and you know what I'm talking about. Naked trucks. You'd think everyone moved here from McNewtville. But we shouldn't judge them, we should help them. For example, when you see a recent transplant truck from a less civilized state like California, Instead of saying, your truck is disgusting, your bed is exposed, get a bed cover on that truck, buddy, that's a bit harsh. Instead, try something like, you know, in Texas, it's not polite to drive around with your bed exposed. Maybe you should check out the excellent selection of bed covers at Pickup Outfitters. And then if they refuse, you can say, well, I hear New Mexico's a nice state. Let's help our new neighbors and let them know that truck nudity is not okay. Let them know about Pickup Outfitters of Waco and send them to our website, CreateACommotion.com. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Warren White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by Jesse Britt Automotive. Tom Brady and the Bucks are headed to Green Bay to face the Packers after beating the Saints 30-20 last night. Tampa Bay is looking to be the first team to play in the Super Bowl in their home stadium. The Chiefs hold off the Browns after Patrick Mahomes leads the game with a concussion 22-17. Chiefs will now face Buffalo for the AFC Championship. Los Angeles Chargers agreed to terms with Brandon Staley to become their next head coach. Staley served the past season as the Los Angeles Rams defensive coordinator. Lady Bears' first game in 14 days saw the nation's longest home court winning streak come to an end as Iowa State upended the number six Lady Bears. 75 to 71 on Saturday. Lady Bears will be at Oklahoma State on Wednesday. Number two Bears beat Texas Tech out in Lubbock on Saturday, 68 to 60. Baylor back in action tonight as they host number six Kansas. Tip is at eight o'clock, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Oh, yeah. Sleeping 66. It is uh, Matt Mosley's show with Stephen Simcox. And uh, rolling through a Monday, coming off a lot of NFL action. Drew Brees has probably played his last game uh, with the Saints. Uh, big news in college football today. I guess it's big news. Uh, it is. Uh, it looks like... Um, Wow, this is very interesting. Uh, uh, Jeremy Pruitt is out 
And uh, also, it looks like Phil Fulmer, the AD, is going to retire, so he won't be leading this search. You see in that news. And then uh, uh, one of my old uh, uh, pals when I was with Fox Sports Southwest, David Ubbin, who covers Tennessee, says that Shelton Felton and Brian Niedermeyer are also being fired for cause. Tennessee assistant. Stephen, they don't always – they'll fire a coach. They don't immediately always, like, start firing like the assistants. You know what I mean? Usually you're kind of, like, waiting around to see what happens with the assistants. Tennessee's just, like, blowing everybody out. Like, you're done. Okay, you're done, too. Niedermeyer, you're out. So uh, a new coaching staff will be assembled in uh, Tennessee. And, uh, Stephen, I mean, I – uh, it will be very interesting. I, For some reason, I looked at that list of candidates, and they're going after the Coastal Carolina coach. I mean, I whew, I hate to give them any ideas. I would be taking a long look at uh, the guy who just put up huge numbers as the play caller at BYU, but fortunately I didn't see his name on the list. And uh, quite honestly, who would want to step into that mess right now at Tennessee? Stephen, can you name the last coach who had, uh, like, high-level success at Tennessee? I'll wait. I mean, yeah, it would have to be their AD that's retiring, Philip Fulmer. Yeah. yeah. That'd be funny if he said, I'm retiring from AD to become the <laughs> head coach, coach again. <laughs> who does that? Who does that? That, that, would be a, that would be the coach at Kansas State. That uh, he he uh, he's been known to to do that, and uh, a legendary coach who's been known to kind of put the put the headset back on if he needs to do it. And of course, that's what you do. If everything's named after you at the school, you can uh, you can uh, you could do that uh, from time to time. Stephen, there is a uh, there is a uh, huge story brewing among the Houston Texans. You can call us. You can text us two five four. 662-1660. This could be the biggest story of the offseason. I've been reading all these stories. Um, Steven, I, I don't want to take too much credit for this. Uh, so I'll let you I'll let you speak to this. But this chaplain, this out of control, uh, he was called a character coach in New England. They hired him in Houston. Uh, Bill O'Brien brought him in. And for whatever reason, this guy is incredibly powerful among the Texans organization. And he fired. One of the first things he did was he ran out an old friend of mine named Brian Gain as the uh, as the general manager. They didn't really have a general manager. Now they've hired one. Stephen, it looks like from what we're reading and hearing that Deshaun Watson could have had his final snap for the Houston Texans. It does, and it, it, it's really interesting, Matt. So this this is escalated in a hurry. Uh, it went from, hey, Sean's not super happy with uh, the, the fact that they hired Nick Casario and they don't appear to be taking his advice on the coaching front. They're not looking at the guy he wants to be the head coach and Eric Bieniemy. to Adam Schefter over the weekend saying, hey, this is, this is done. Like, this is untenable. People in the organization think – um, that he's not going to play again. And a lot of it comes back to there's there's these accusations, and Sports Illustrated did a story on it this weekend, uh, and, and people on TV have been talking about it this morning, about a real toxic culture there. And it, it seems to go back to Jack Easterby, who uh, ha- has a role in this front office, and for a, a number of years or a couple of years there, he was the character development coach for the Texans. 
and basically team chaplain. Yes, yeah. you named him uh, when we started the show together pretty early on. You you said that he was the most powerful chaplain in the NFL, and we sort of joked about it that he had his uh, handprint and his imprint on that team. Well, that was a while back, and nobody was really talking about it then. I thought it was just kind of like a a funny bit that we were doing in some ways. But it's turned out to be um, exactly right. Like, he's running the show there, it appears. And it's all sort of coming to a head with uh, players are not happy. A former player in Andre Johnson, who never really talks at all, came out on Twitter last week and said, hey, Deshaun should demand a trade. Jack Easterby is, is terrible, and he's really run that organization down. Um, and now you have one of the best quarterbacks in football who could be on the move. And if he is, I mean, there are a lot of teams that come to mind, like maybe the bears, um, or I mean, honestly, anybody who needs a QB that you think, man, they should just give up the farm to get that guy. Because if they do with a solid defense and a solid supporting cast, you're suddenly talking about the Super Bowl contender. But what if he went to the saints right, right now? Yes. New Orleans. Um, to, to replace Drew Brees. There's a lot of different locations where he immediately makes them um, a, a big-time contender in the NFC or AFC. What if he – I mean, either way, what if he went over to – I mean, what if they did a deal? They said, oh, keep him out of the AFC. Let's go Let's go trade with uh, – let's do something. Maybe we can get Jalen Hurts in here. Maybe we can do a trade. What do the Cowboys do? What do the Cowboys look over there at that situation? You've got a guy under contract, on a long-term contract. He did a four-year deal. I mean, I don't think they'll do it because they do like Dak, but they're they're in kind of a bad contract situation with Dak. I mean, what could the Texans could the Texans trade for Dak and sign him to that four-year deal he wants? And the Cowboys somehow get Deshaun Watson in the deal. And he comes and he's playing for Kellen and Mike McCarthy. I mean, there's a there's a ton of different scenarios. I mean, if you're a Cowboys fan, would you rather have Deshaun Watson than Dak? I mean, in some ways, like, oh, man, it'll never happen. It probably won't. But I think the answer to that question would probably be yes. I think Cowboys fans would, and, and it's, it's maybe unfair to Dak. He's put up great numbers. Uh, I think Deshaun's been a little bit better. In the in his, in the both of them have brief playoff exposure uh, appearances. Deshaun's been a little bit better in the playoffs. I think Deshaun, you would say, has put up better numbers over the years. I mean, on a horrible team, four and twelve, he just had a he put up great numbers. I mean, what did he throw for? Four thousand something yards and and thirty one touchdowns, maybe six or seven interceptions or five interceptions. I mean, he this guy is is incredible. So I, I think there's a lot to be said. Again, you can weigh in uh, on the text uh, 254-662-1660. Maybe Stephen J. Mo will read them. I don't know. It's, <laughs> we're at the end of our show. That is, I want our listeners to think about this, and you can definitely chime in now, but this would be a good topic for tomorrow too. I do want to know from Cowboys fans, because that's a great question, Matt. 254-662-1660. You'd have to give up a bunch of capital. But if we took that out of the equation, just straight up, would you rather have Dak or, or Deshaun Watson? Because I think those guys are pretty close, but I, I I feel like the majority would probably say Deshaun. Yeah, I think it would be 70-30 Deshaun over uh, – yeah, and, and a lot of times lately in some of these contract disputes, for whatever reason, people have been taking 
management side. But in this, this is not a contract dispute. This is a dispute over how the uh, how the situation is being handled. Now, let me tell you this. Could this change things? The Texans uh, are set to do a virtual interview with Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, today. Um, thanks to the NFL and KC allowing it, Houston doesn't have to wait until after the playoffs. So feels like the NFL stepping in and saying, hey, I think this Bieniemy, you know, I think Coach Bieniemy has been done wrong in some ways because we've had these rules that prevent. It's like the more success you have as an assistant, the less you can go do interviews. While some of these other guys are like out interviewing like crazy from teams like the Panthers who went 5-11 and 11 or 6-10, and 10, whatever they went. They're out, you know, they've been out interviewing for three, four weeks. So that's interesting. We'll see what happens. Could Bieniemy being hired calm things down with Deshaun Watson? We shall see. Things do not look good right now. Could that hire somehow make things right right now, Deshaun Watson? Today, even, Stephen, there was going to be a march, and Deshaun Watson told people, stay at home. There's the COVID out there. Please cancel any kind of get-together you're having to march on my behalf, which I think is a very appropriate thing for Watson to say. All right, uh, it's the end of our program. Uh, we love J-Mo, and J-Mo uh, is up next, and he's going to get you ready for Big Monday. Baylor versus Kansas is tonight. The great J-Mo is next. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Stephen Simcox.